well. Thanks for joining in and watching, listening. And uh, we are, as you, uh, if you've been following along, you know we've been working on emptying out our inbox. Uh, comments that come on our YouTube channel or emails that come into our info at calvarychapelfranklin.com uh, email address. Uh, if you want to submit a question, comment, thoughts, any of that kind of thing, we welcome that and invite you to do that. Um, and so we've been taking some time now uh, trying to answer some of the questions that have been coming in. And this one comes from Mar D. And uh, this is a good question. It has to do with the idea of the fullness of the Gentiles coming in. And the question, revol and the question basically is this. After the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, does that mean that there won't be Gentiles getting saved anymore after that point? Now, let me kind of build some context around this a little bit, because this is a question I also remember uh, kind of working on and working through in my own mind sometime back as well. And uh, so it's a good one. And I always love coming back to um, this area I want to talk about here for a minute, because I think it's good to just have clarity and to understand where these questions fit into the overall scope of what's happening in eschatology. Uh, when we talk about the fullness of the Gentiles coming in, that is a a statement that speaks about sort of a marker in God's uh, eschatological um, unfolding of his plans. In Daniel chapter 9, I'm going to briefly go through this, and again, I you know, for those who are really familiar with it, um, it's refreshing just to kind of go through it, but for those who aren't familiar with this, this is just an instructive and important thing to, to, to be aware of, and especially in the context of a question like this. In Daniel chapter 9, we see where uh, Daniel is given a uh, uh, is given a uh, prophecy. It's called the seventy week prophecy of Daniel. And these seventy weeks that are spoken of here, I'll invite you to read Daniel chapter nine, verses twenty four through twenty seven, where the angel comes and gives this prophecy to Daniel. And the prophecy uh, begins with the the statement that these words are for your holy people, uh, your people, and your holy city. And then he goes on and gives the prophecy. And Daniel's people are the Jews. He's Jewish. He's in a captive, a captive in Babylon at this point. But he is, uh, he is his, his holy people is, uh, is, are the Jews. And his holy city, therefore, would be Jerusalem. And so at the outset of this prophecy, we are told who is the focal point, And it is Israel in specific that this prophecy has to do with. Now, the 70 weeks that are described here, a, a list of things need to come to pass in the course of this prophecy being fulfilled, uh, among which, you know, most is still yet to be fulfilled, actually, like uh, putting an end to sin and all that kind of thing. You could certainly speak of the idea of it being dealt with in Christ, but the idea of sin being done away with entirely, not, not quite. We'll see that happen in things like the millennium and that, which, again, is part of... Uh, the scope of what, what is yet in store for Israel and fulfilling of the promises God has made to her. But in these 70 weeks, there are 69 that lead up to the arrival of Messiah, at which point, as Daniel is told, he will be cut off. Uh, in other words, he'll be killed, but not for himself. It's an interesting way that phraseology works there. But after that 69th week, the Messiah arrives, he is cut off or killed, not for himself, and then there's this 70th week that is left hanging out there. And the 70th week is one that we're still waiting to, to uh, waiting for it to come to pass. And so in, in that 70th week, a lot of things happen. And I'll kind of connect the dot here. That 70th week of Daniel 
is the last 70th, seven year period, I'm sorry, last seven year period, that 70th week is the last seven year period um, of that prophecy. But as it turns out, that is also the last seven year period of time of human history as we know it before the arrival of Messiah to establish his kingdom. Um, the millennial kingdom, as we read about in, in uh, Revelation chapter 20, and also elsewhere throughout the Old Testament. This is a promise that God made ultimately to Israel that will be fulfilled when Messiah comes and establishes his kingdom. That happens at the end of that 70th week of Daniel. And so this prophecy is a very significant one. Uh, it's also a very instructive one, and it helps us understand a very important point. And this is why I explained just briefly that little bit. Because in terms of the question, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, um, that is the point at which the last Gentile that will get saved, and here I'm going to answer the question and kind of build it into this, this cake that we're, that we're putting together here. The fullness of the Gentiles coming in does not in fact speak to the last Gentile that will ever get saved, but it's the last Gentile that will get saved prior to God returning his focus of his uh, eschatological program back to Israel. Currently, we're living in the gap between the 69th and, 69th and 70th week. We're living in this time called the Age of Grace, or the time of the Gentiles, or uh, the Church Age, uh, as it has been since the Book of Acts. And so, um, uh, whether it's Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 9 is a discussion for another time. But in any case, from the point of the Book of Acts, we have been living in a period of time known, this I can say for sure in Acts chapter 2, we've been living in a period of time known as the last days. Peter says this in quoting Joel chapter 2 in Acts chapter 2, when he explains what's going on with this outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And so we are currently living in a period of time known as the last days. They will culminate in the, uh, in the unfolding of Daniel's 70th week for the last seven-year period of time uh, that was given to Daniel in that prophecy. Uh, where that fits biblically, if you open your Bible uh, you know, to Revelation chapter 6, Verse 1 is where the 70th week begins, and this is where the Antichrist comes on the scene. In Daniel's prophecy, this is mentioned as the Antichrist, or this, this man that will come and will sign a peace covenant with Israel, and in the middle of that, um, of that 70th week, he will violate that covenant. Uh, we come to understand that the way he'll violate it, we know this from other places like Daniel chapter 11 and 12, uh, Matthew 24, verse 15, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where the Antichrist, as we know him, this man of sin, son of perdition, as Paul refers to him, will go into the holy place and he will declare himself to be God and he'll demand to be worshipped above all that is called God. In concert with this, in Revelation 13, also connected with this, he will, uh, with his partner, the false prophet, establish the worship of Antichrist. He will demand to be worshipped false prophet will build a, a uh, statue, uh, an image of the beast that will, and we presume it's a statue, but an image of the beast that will, um, that will be the object of this worship. And so this all happens in Daniel's 70th week. It's called the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now all of this stuff I have just now been describing in these last couple of minutes, revolving around the 70th week of Daniel, is very important to understand because once that last Gentile prior to the um, that, that 70th week starting that's what is being spoken of in Romans chapter 11 verse 26 
the fullness of the Gentiles coming in speaks about that not last Gentile ever, but the last Gentile coming in and being saved prior to the establishing of that, or I should say the opening of that 70th week of Daniel, Revelation chapter 6. Now understanding that helps us get a, uh, uh, to build a consistent understanding of eschatology when it comes to things like the book of Revelation, when it comes to things like the things that Zechariah or Isaiah say, um, or understanding Matthew 24. Many people see the church as being uh, visible in that, uh, in that period of time that Jesus describes in Matthew 24, uh, but he's not, but the church is not. He's not describing the church there at all. That, uh, that is a period of time uh, that takes place beginning in Revelation chapter 6, a period of time that falls into this 70th week of Daniel that focuses on Israel. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't again be people coming to Christ during that time. We tend to use the term tribulation saints to describe those, whether Jew or Gentile, who come into uh, faith in Christ during that 70th week of Daniel after the rapture of the church. I should point out at this point that there are there is debate within the Christian church, um, good faith debate and disagreement about when the rapture happens. Some would put it as I would before uh, Revelation chapter six, very likely it, um, it's, it, I think it's very possible that um, that sort of a typological view of the rapture is given in uh, Revelation chapter four. Uh, I don't stake everything on that, but I think it's a reasonable, um, you know, sort of note to take from that. But um, certainly before Revelation six, uh, that's where I would put the rapture. Others would wait till much later. Uh, another position called pre-wrath, for example, puts it a little bit beyond the midway point, or the middle of the tribulation period, um, and about halfway into the last half of the tribulation. And so um, there's debate about, again, where the rapture might fall. I happen to think that discussions like Daniel's 70th week and the focus of these things, and I happen to think there's a really strong argument made for the pre-tribulation view. Uh, but again, it's a debated issue. But that being said, these are all the kinds of things that enter into this discussion. So to answer your question, and I, of course, obviously have an impossible time answering short questions briefly, uh, but again, hopefully there's some instruction that's useful in this as we, as we uh, you know, kind of build on these ideas. But to answer your question, does that mean no Gentiles will get saved after the fullness of the Gentiles comes in? No, it just means that it's referring. It just means, it's just speaking to, I should say, the idea of the last Gentile who will get saved prior to the rapture. And then once the rapture happens, or that last person gets saved among the Gentiles in this age of the Gentiles. Um, after that point, or at that point, the rapture will take place, or around that point, the rapture will take place. Uh, we'll be whisked away, swept off our feet by our bridegroom. And then God will once again uh, put his focus primarily on Israel as the instrument uh, through which he unfolds the rest of his purposes. Again, culminating in the establishing of the millennial kingdom by the Messiah. Uh, when he returns in the clouds and every eye sees him. Uh, Israel, those uh, believing Israel at that point, um, or those who will come to faith at his return, will look upon him whom they've pierced. And uh, those among the Jews will weep as one weeps over an only son. And uh, It'll be this both terrible and beautiful time when there is the putting down of the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're cast into the pit. Uh, those Jews and Gentiles that have come to faith after the rapture during the 70th week 
will look upon him with great anticipation and celebration as he's come to rescue his people, Israel, the remnant that has gone into hiding under the reign of Antichrist. Uh, that remnant that we gather from uh, Zechariah chapter 13, speaking of a third of Israel coming through uh, this period of time, if in fact that's what Zechariah is referring to, that two-thirds of Israel will be wiped out under Antichrist, and a third will survive to enter the Millennial Kingdom, uh, along with, again, those uh, Gentiles that come to faith during that period of time. Um, likely at, at the testimony of the 144,000 uh, uh, Hebrew Jewish uh, witnesses from the 12 tribes spoken of in, in Revelation 7:14. Uh, where uh, presumably from which comes uh, a group of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, uh, likely as, as a result of their testimony. So there's a lot going on during that period of time. And of course, I'm just really just skimming through this quickly here in answering this question, but I can't resist trying to build some additional context around it because number one, it's exciting to think about these things if you are aware and you study them. But if you're not familiar with them, these things are offered as a means of, of building a sense of context of what the last days will ultimately look like when we finally get into that period of time, when Antichrist is on the scene and the world is coalescing together in a one world government, when the world is moving together ultimately in unity together behind Antichrist, not, as, uh, not establishing in fact a utopia, but instead establishing a society, a, a global society, that will resist Christ at his return, except of course for those who come to faith during that period of time. Uh, small in number as they ultimately will be by comparison, uh, but there will be those who have to endure what remains uh, in human history, that, that judgment period when God is bringing judgment down upon a rebellious world. So uh, again, I hope that helps answer your question and helps to uh, not only answer the question, but also again, paint the picture in the larger setting uh, to help gain some understanding of that uh, that larger picture. So thank you so much for asking the question, Mar D. And, um, and uh, again, as we said at the beginning, if you have any questions or comments, uh, anything like that that you want to share, you can do that by uh, commenting in our YouTube, on our YouTube channel below each video. And uh, I do my best to, I certainly read all of them, uh, and I do my best to try and respond to as many as I can uh, and many of those I do, tr again, try to approach uh, by posting about them and answering those questions so that others might glean as well. Uh, or if you want to email me, you can do so at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com. You can also watch these videos uh, on a growing number of platforms. Uh, we have them available, of course, on YouTube. Uh, we also feed into our channel on Rumble as well. Uh, we post them on Telegram as well. That's becoming something I'm starting to use more and more. Um, you can go to our website at calvarychapelfranklin.com and I try to keep these videos posted uh, as uh, you know regularly on there as well as our Sunday mornings and Wednesday night uh, studies which are about to resume and then of course you can go to my own personal website at parsonspad.com and from there you can watch these videos you can also see them categorized and you can follow series and all those kinds of things you can also subscribe to the audio version if you want on your favorite platform if you like to listen on itunes or any of those kinds of things you can subscribe there as well so uh anyway thanks again for watching for listening for joining in and uh, uh and you know until next time you know may the lord bless you keep you make his face shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace forever Father, we're very, very grateful for your grace toward us. We're thankful that we're living in days that will very soon see the return of Christ to establish his kingdom. We thank you that even prior to that, our bridegroom, Christ himself, will come and snatch us away and take us home to enjoy that marriage supper and then to come back and return 
and to uh, ultimately rule and reign, even as it says in your word. And so thank you, Lord, for the purposes and plans you have, not only for the church, but also for Israel. We thank you for the faithfulness that you've demonstrated toward them. Uh, we thank you that we can look at your faithfulness toward them and be encouraged in your faithfulness toward us as well. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you are and all that you do. We pray that by your Holy Spirit and by the power and, uh, and such that you give us, help us to not only endure this time as we wait for Christ to come for us, but help us to thrive, to live in such a way as to bring glory to you, to uh, be about your business, to be uh, applying our hands to the plow and, and moving forward with kingdom business, looking forward to that day when we finally realize the full, uh, the fullness of the redemption and our citizenship in heaven. Thank you, Lord, so much. We love you and praise you for all of this and, uh, and ask this in Jesus' name.